0: Okay.
1: No, just, let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we're back at it. Uh, my name is Andrew Alden. I am a filmmaker, and our podcast is called Famous Last Words. You are listening to it, you are probably aware that you are listening to it. And we like to talk about filmmaking, review things that we like, we dislike, and uh, kind of do an exploration of what we've been through as filmmakers. Uh, we have a movie out there called Dangerous Creation. It's on Tubi. You can find that wherever you find Tubi, on your phone, on your TV. Um, yeah, I like I said, I'm Andrew Alden, and you are...
0: Teresa Alden, and, also a filmmaker.
1: Yes, uh, and we are not brother and sister, but we are married. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, today we're talking about... Um, something that we both were very excited for. We don't get excited about much, but we were excited for this. And this is 1899. It's from, uh, I'm going to butcher their names here, but Baron Bo Odor and Jansha Fries, uh, husband and wife duo, much like ourselves. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Uh, and this is their show called 1899. They're the team that brought us dark. So what is 1899 about, Teresa?
0: 1899 is a TV show on Netflix about multi-international immigrants Traveling from the old continent to the new encountering a nightmarish riddle aboard a second ship adrift on the open sea.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
0: So they're on one ship and they encounter another ship, another ship that was said to be lost at sea.
1: Yeah. So this show is a pretty, this is a, uh, if anyone's ever seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Russ pulls out the string of lights that's in a giant knot and, uh, it's all clumped together. Uh, that is what the plot of this is like.
0: It's uh, <laughs> like, where are you going with that? No, oh, yeah. I, I got it now.
1: <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me, folks. Um, <laughs> this show is, uh, very, very, very complex. Um, just before we get into what we liked and disliked and everything about this, if you are going to watch the show, you absolutely need to watch it with subtitles because language is a important character in this just as much as the actual characters on screen. Mm-hmm. If you're watching it dubbed, it really kind of takes out why a lot of things happen.
0: It's just like actually confusing if you watch a dub because they're they're talking to each other in their native languages and they don't understand each other half more than half the time. And so if you're just hearing pe- English speaking to English speaking, you're like, why are they looking at each other like they don't understand what they're saying?
1: Yeah, there, there's French, there's Norwegian, there's German, there's English, there's Japanese, disguised Cantonese. as Cantonese, mm-hmm. and then, like, yeah, it's all over the place. Anyway, so, uh, Teresa, uh, we both really like Dark, and we'll probably do an episode on Dark later sometime. <gasps> um, but uh, this show, I was all in. Ben Frost did the music, mm-hmm. um, which is, to me, a, hi- a highlight. Most of the time, there's a couple cues in the music that they use a lot. I understand why they used it, but Ben Frost is a badass mm-hmm. And actually went into ships and stuff to record, like, natural sounds to incorporate into the score, like, bridging that gap between sound design, which is something we did in our movie, which was trying to, like, have Mm -hmm. sound design and score merge into one. But we're not talking about our movie. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah, I really like this. What did you think?
0: Yeah, so Dark is one of my favorite shows of all time. I don't understand how they made it. It's so perfect, and I love it. But anyway, so 1899... Big shoes to fill. However, I went into it just like keeping it separate from the dark universe. Because it's not related. And there's just like one character who plays. He plays old Jonas. Jonas. Uh, Andreas? Is that his name?
1: Yeah. Andreas Nielsen or something like that. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I think that's his name.
0: Yeah. So oh. anyway, so it's not connected to dark. Oh,
1: no. It's Andreas Picherman. I think is how you say Something it. Like that. Something like that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, so, you know, I went into it being like, okay, this is different from dark. It's okay if it's not as good because how can you like get better than perfect? <laughs> 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 and I do, so I do really, really like it. It was, you know, not quite as good as dark, but I was like cool with that. And it's a whole different vibe. It's on ships. It's in period, everything. Um, except for there is, you know, Tommy whiny stuff, which I really love.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that make you, I would say that this show takes a lot of cute, like a couple of cues from, um, and bear with me, uh, with breaking the waves, the large one Trier movie because, uh, or Trier, uh, because they do this thing when they use modern music at the end of every episode, that's very pop Mm -hmm. music. It's non-diegetic. Um, but it really sets the tone and really uses music really effectively that like in the sequences that break up the chapters and break in the waves, they use music to kind of introduce a new chapter. And whether that's David Bowie or whatever, um, they both use David Bowie, but it really breaks it up in a really interesting way. And I think that at the end of each episode of 1899, it resets you down this thing. There's this whole mm-hmm. White Rabbit motif. Um, White Rabbit is, of course, the so- song by Jefferson Airplane. Starship. Starship. <laughs> Same thing. Um, yeah, don't kid yourselves, guys.
0: <laughs> Space airplane.
1: Space airplane. Um,
0: Which is related to this show.
1: <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, spoilers.
0: Spoilers, by the way. Spoilers. Um, I thought
1: this show... You need to go with it. Like, the show is not very, like, complacent. It, like... Like the show moves, and the show's like, you're either going to be with me or you're not. Because mm-hmm. if you fall asleep or you're doing something else while you're watching, the is going to seem confusing, disjointed, and altogether kind of frustrating. I think a really good comparison for 1899 is actually the first season of Lost, mm-hmm. where you're trying to get introduced to all these characters. Lost even plays with a little bit of a language barrier um, in its first season. And you don't know what's going on. Of course, Lost was made for ABC, and this was made for Netflix. Um But I think that the characters are all pretty relatable. They do a really good job of each character having an outfit that is very repetitive, which is maybe uh, intentional, like the intentional, both from the showrunner's standpoint to have us be able to keep track of everyone, but also intentional because this is kind of a grand design show and there might be a puppet master. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, yeah so they like bite off a lot in eight episodes and you just kind of like got to go with it like and you said where <clears throat> you know they're gonna open open a lot like pull on a lot of threads and like not tie them all up by the end and i'm really hoping they do get a season two because though it could oh, they're
1: getting a season two
0: well i don't know netflix is true did they say no no oh, they, they okay. didn't say no Anyway, so, you know, I'm hoping they get a season two, though. You know, you could end it at season one and feel hmm, okay, because they do wrap up a few unknowns. Like, the big unknown, you get, like, some satisfaction.
1: The big unknown becomes when, I think. Mm -hmm. The show... So, I think a lot of people, people who like Dark got really confused by season three, because Dark was a show that each of its three seasons cycles disrupted you and kind of Mm -hmm. brought you out of what you had known and built on it kind of disrupted you and put you into a new thing you're trying to figure out the pieces that remained 1899 has a lot of plot it wants to get through and it moves through it very quickly um Mm -hmm. in the sense that like a lot of things happen the way they shot the show is incredible there's a making of which i think is also equally good to watch like it's highly recommend um but they used um what is that called? That kind of unreal. Uh, the volume. The volume um, kind of thing that was used in the Mandalorian where you can kind of, the background perspective changes based on the angle of the camera. And it's kind of like a, a very new green screen technology, essentially. It's going to replace green screens.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like VR kind of green screen vibes, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was a very cursory thing about why we liked it. And I think we'll do more in-depth like beat by beat later uh maybe on a future episode but uh what did you i have
0: a thing i like that leads in something i didn't like
1: okay go bridge that gap
0: yeah (laughs) um so the characters so there's a lot of characters you have to keep track of and i do like that style and they do that in dark too um and there's particular characters that I like more than others. And the ones that I do like, I really, really like. And then the other ones, I'm kind of like, meh. And Dark does a similar thing, but I feel, and this is like maybe the, the part that is not as good, is that they they did it so much better in Dark. And I think, and I don't know for sure because we haven't seen the next season, but in Dark, you have all these characters who seem kind of separate some of them are related, but then you discover that they are spoilers, somewhat all tied to each other, and some directly related, and some a future version of themselves, and it's just like mind blowing and amazing. And with 1899, there there's an illusion at the end, and even in the beginning, where they all take a sip of tea at the same time in the first like opening dinner scene, breakfast scene you know that they're all connected somehow, but it's like, you know, it's not reveal... It's kind of revealed at the end. There's a couple of moments here and there where they there are characters that have had e- instances in their past life or whatever together. Um, but it's it's not as artfully done as in Dark, and you don't feel as connected to any of these characters. A couple, there's like a husband and a wife, the main... The main character,
1: Emily Beecham, is yes. her name. Yeah, the actress's name.
0: Um, <clears throat> you find out a mysterious person from the other boat is actually her husband, the Prometheus. Yeah, yeah the other boat Prometheus, and that they have a child um, who also appears on the boat. And you think at first they make him seem like he's like Damien, like from The Omen, like he is the Antichrist, Antichrist in they, they child kind of, form.
1: <laughs> they make you feel like maybe she's he's her brother too. I think. Mm-hmm. Because she has a letter from her brother that's basically, dad sucks, I'll tell you everything in New York when you get there.
0: (laughs) And then she never gets to New York. Right. So, yeah, I think, and then there's this weird, like, so there's a love triangle that they're trying to set up, which I think is very intentional. And the the icon of the show is the triangle. (laughs) And there's going to be more triangle. There's triangle imagery everywhere. It's going to be more triangle stuff. If it's three seasons, that's like three sides of the triangle. It's going to be a thing. So there's like a love triangle with the captain, old Jonas, <laughs> um, Emily Beecham,
1: medium Jonas,
0: <laughs> and and uh, moody emo guy. Yeah, Damien. Damien. No, no, no. That's the kid. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Husband. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no love triangle with the child. Oh,
1: I thought. Well, the, the husband shows up and he's also kind of moody and emo.
0: Yeah, hu- yeah. Husband movie. He's
1: played by Icelandic actor.
0: Captain. Yeah. Main wait, LA Beecham, yeah, main, main lady,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> badass lady. Uh, you know, like he is like, I'll always love you, and she's like, I don't remember loving you, and then she's like, I got the hots for the captain a little bit, and the captain's like, I burned my whole family, or I watched my whole family burn, so I'm just gonna be sleepy and moody. But like, we touched hands once, and it was weird. But in there, there was way. there's
1: there there was a where there was a <laughs> uh, you know beyond reality uh, sparks.
0: Yeah. So I don't know where they're going with that. If somewhat feels a little forced, I don't root for the captain or the husband. Who am I supposed to root for?
1: Yeah, I think Dark did a good job of like having the love story between um Jonas and uh his um It's
0: like high school his high school girl. sweetheart, like
1: mm-hmm. lady. Um who uh, I've completely forget her name. But um Yeah, no, they did a good job of, like, making you want them to get together, and and that Mm -hmm. was, like, a... I mean...
0: And transcend time and everything, and I think... I don't get that in this one yet.
1: Not yet. Where I think they're going is there's an episode of um, Black Mirror that I think is what the show is going to be. I mean, they are master storytellers, the the people who Mm -hmm. made 1899. They're masters, and really, they wrapped up Dark perfectly the way you could wrap that show up and... uh, uh, there's an episode of, of Black Mirror where there's this couple and they're like in a trial time of being together and then they end up breaking up and then they have to escape the facility they're in. And it like predicts the chance of their survival as a couple in an app. I don't know if you remember that episode. I think so. Um, and I think that basically here's where. I, OK. Major, major spoilers. This is not going to ruin the show for you completely. Um at the end of the thing, they're in a spaceship in the year 21,99, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the future. Mm-hmm. They're, and they're seemingly a bunch of astronauts, a bunch of the characters are in like pods that are in the simulation. and Emily Beecham has broken free of the simulation and she goes to a computer and her brother's like, uh, you know, welcome to your reality or the reality, mm-hmm. a reality.
0: And the big question is, you don't know who created the simulation. Was it Emily Beecham? Was it her father? Was it her brother?
1: What what gives? Um, I think what happened is because uh, the show is not afraid to have like topical ideas about immigration and fear of the other. Like those are all pretty woven into the narrative of 1899. I'm guessing that Earth is gone or Earth has undergone a massive extin- extinction level. Mm. Uh, global uh, natural disaster that's wiped everyone out.
0: Literally where we're headed. Literally where we're headed.
1: (laughs) And that um, they are like the last, they're like supposed to represent a quasi cross-section of the world. Like there's like, you know, everybody. there's a lot of representation throughout Mm -hmm. the cast of like kind of like a cross-section of what the world is like. And they are part of a where are we going in the future kind of thing? Where are we, um, how do we solve it? Where, like, if we can escape this maze, it's like a computer program. Mm-hmm. We're trying to use minds as part of the computer program to solve where we're going to go as a species. Um, and the thing is, the computer's becoming self-aware because when they have all these, all these people kill themselves on the boat, they're actually just simulations created by the computer to kind of, fill out the boat and and make the reality. And a lot of them are starting to become self-aware. And I think that's why we spend so much time with the Norwegian gay kid who is struggling with his sexuality and struggling with everything. And that's what he represents. He's representing the AI becoming a lot. Like the AI is realizing Mm -hmm. that it keeps on killing itself to run this program. And Prometheus is like rising from the ashes. So like, you know, it's coming back from the dead. I mean, it's kind of like a Lazarus kind of deal. So I think that's where the show is going. I, 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 that's my prediction. But of course,
0: it's a good hypothesis.
1: It, that's my hypothesis. And, uh, um, okay. So is there anything? Uh, you, who would you recommend this show to? Because this one's a, uh, a, uh, uh, as my uh, uh, music theory teacher in college would say, this one was a beefy unit.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean obviously, I'd recommend it to anyone who likes dark or showed an interest in dark. Um, though it's different. Anyone who appreciates puzzles, like not knowing everything that's going on, a slow burn, you know, to your point earlier, it's very slow during most of the episodes. And then they kind of like ramp it up towards the end with some mysteries and they play the the modern music and it gets you all excited. And so if you can like kind of get through the first three-ish episodes... You're good. You're like hooked. So it's for people who like mysteries, puzzles. It might not involve any time travel, but if you like time travel, that's this is the show for you.
1: Yeah, I, I think this I would recommend this to people who want something unpredicted, can focus and keep lots of narrative threads going at once. And people who are okay to not know and try to fill things in for themselves. Um, I think it's not for the casual viewer who wants to do something else while they're watching it. This is not a show that... Unless you're really paying attention, things are going to start to blur together and you're going to get lost in the sauce. Um, we have a, a mailbag comment. Okay, so.
0: <laughs> mailbag.
1: Mailbag. Uh, we have Christoph Kringelhoff has emailed, has sent in a message. That can't um, be real. Yeah, it's probably not real. Um, loved your episode on Inside Man. Wanted to know what your favorite Stanley Tucci performance was. Teresa
0: <laughs> oh man you put me on the spot I mean the first one that came to my mind which might not be favorite in terms of best acting oh I've got two I've got two that came to my okay. mind okay let her rip I think I know one they're of them. both cheese or like okay not movies of well respect the devil wears Prada
1: no, I knew that was one of them
0: love that movie he's excellent in that movie. love him in that movie and I really like him in I think it's called julia and julia the one with um meryl streep playing what julia you, childs and then,
1: and then niles played it like in the tv show recently
0: yeah and they're yeah. both good actually but i really like stanley tucci in that one
1: yeah i thought he was excellent um i love him in the devil wears prada i think he's excellent in that show um i have three so devil wears prada is one i loved him in road to perdition he plays frank nitty it's the only time he's really played a gangster because he doesn't want he doesn't yeah. believe in a in negative italian portrayal um, but he's excellent in that movie, and like he has two scenes, essentially, um, which give you the rate and the gravitas of the mob that's extended by Paul Newman. And I really liked him in Big Night. Uh, he plays uh, a high-strung brother to Tony Shaloub and they're trying to get their restaurant off the ground, and it chaos ensues, and he's, uh has a love affair with Mimi Driver.
0: It's an excellent movie.
1: Yes. Uh, bring Us the Timpani. Um, okay so uh, that's it we gotta get out of here um, thank you so much for listening if you like us like us in a digital format that's representative of your feelings uh, my name's Andrew Alden until next time and you are
0: Teresa
1: okay bye bye next time on famous last words, we will be discussing the pre-production of our own movie, Dangerous Creation.